Welcome. This is the New Zealand Wine Podcast. I'm Boris Lamont. Thanks for listening in. In this episode, we're looking at part two in our overview of French wine. You may well ask, why are we looking at French wine on the New Zealand Wine Podcast? Well, there's a couple of reasons for that. Firstly, I don't think you can have too much of a conversation about wine without having a reference point back to France. And secondly, we were just aiming to provide a really basic and foundational entry point for those who are just commencing their wine journey and are interested in just learning about the basics of wine in France. What are the different regions? What do things mean like Bordeaux blend? How do their naming conventions work? To do this, I have Jean-Christophe Poisard, who imports French wine into Auckland, New Zealand, and whose family has been involved in the wine industry for a number of centuries, and Marc Today, who, as you will hear, has a rather extensive knowledge of French wine. If you'd like to know anything further about today's podcast, or perhaps listen to some previous podcasts or see what's coming up, just look up the New Zealand Wine Podcast online. But right now, let's have a chat with Jean-Christophe and Marc. Okay, so uh, welcome back, Jean-Christophe Poisard and Mark today. Thank you, gentlemen, for being here. Thank you. Thanks, Boris. And in this podcast, we're going to look at finishing off the overview of France and the wine regions within France. And in the podcast one on this episode, we talked about the history of wine in France and why it's important and how it got to be so. And we covered off the region of Champagne. So let's look at the other major regions in France. So Jean-Christophe, perhaps you'd like to Shall start, start with uh, what mm. do you think may come next? Yes, what about if we talk about the Loire Valley, mm-hmm. this wonderful region of the Loire Valley? Yeah, what do you think, Mark? Absolutely. Um, mm. It's an incredibly varied region, mm. um, a region I don't think gets enough respect, especially in this country. You're right. Um, and also in terms of a place to visit, one of the most beautiful regions in all of France to visit. Mm, with beautiful. The beautiful chateau. Mm. We've got to remember that uh, this region was for uh, many centuries the little playground of our French kings and French aristocrats. This is where they built these amazing castles, you know, alongside the, uh, the Loire River. And, um, and this is where our French kings used to host their big parties, you know, three, four thousand people, and, you know, where they hide their mistresses, as French kings used to do. And, uh, and wine has always been part of, uh, of, um, of the lifestyle of, uh, of the Loire Valley. So we, we, um, it's a region which is um, very generous in all kinds of things. Um, we call it the basket of France, um, the food basket of France, in fact. A lot of our French foods, uh, fruits sorry, are coming from this region, uh, the vegetables as well. It's a, a very gentle, um, green, ondulating countryside and uh, and a lot of vineyards uh, we, we're pretty close to 75,000 hectares so we'd be pretty close to the size double the size of New Zealand vineyards and um, and because this river because the proximity of the um, Atlantic Ocean this is very much a white wine um, region and especially with top grape varieties such as Chenin Blanc yeah, who makes the best Vouvray the best Savenier to name only a couple. Sauvignon Blanc, to make some of the best um, Sancerre, um, au puits fumé, to name only a few. And of course, the Muscadet. Muscadet. Mm. It's wonderful, um, steely, 
white wine, which we normally match with uh, the seafood of the uh, Atlantic um, Ocean. So it's um, it's um, it's kind of a, um, a wine of our time because they they are clean, they are fresh, mm-hmm. they are dry, and I think today that's what people want, don't they? Absolutely, and. As with uh, most of the wines that come out of France, these are the archetypal examples of mm. these wines. So when we when we look at the Marlborough Sauvignon Blanc, I see them as very much influenced by the vibrancy of the Sancerres. Mm. Um, maybe the volume uh, is turned up to eleven on the Marlborough Sauvignon Blanc, but y- you you get a sense of that beautiful, uh, earthy, gooseberry, uh, grassy nature in both the wines. Mm. Uh, I'm not going to say which style I prefer more, only to say that one can see the kinship between the two. And um, for me, the Sancerre is the archetypal wine. It's it's the first wine to explore this style. Mm. Mm. Yes, yeah. And it's, uh, it's just one of his region there... Um, uh, one day, one of my um, tutors uh, described it as a, a paradise on a on a weekday rather than on the weekend. You know, it's a it's a, it's a style of wine you you can't make too much fuss about them. You know, unless you got a very old Chenin, which of course. But if you generalize, I think it's they are definitely wine for for weekdays, and uh, and um, and they got this uh, this amazing. Vibrancy, and I think that's all due about the the river. Uh, the river tend to give this uh, haziness in the in the atmosphere, in the sky, and uh, in fact, the the sky of the Loire Valley is always a kind of a pastel blue. It's never the deep blue that you will get, for example, in uh, in the south of France, you know, in the Mediterranean. So you've got you got this effect of um, of high stud. Um, Kind of room and 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 then uh, and the, the haziness is right at the top and and you feel the the the, 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 the vibrancy you feel the energy sorry the energy into the into the into the wine because you get this energy in the in the um, in the area mm-hmm. so it's it's really wines of our time at the moment yeah. it really is I mean I, speaking speaking of um, the Chenin Blanc. Um, I mean, I, I see that as absolutely an example of where France is essentially unchallenged mm. in terms of mm. making the ultimate chains. Yes. Um, you know, one looks, um, uh, of course, at um, Vouvray, obviously, mm. but even Mont Louis sur Loire, uh, yeah, wines right. like that. They're great, and not only that; these are wines that 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 are are absolutely weeknight wines. So that, Heck, they're probably even breakfast wines, you know, mm-hmm. if you're in the mood. Mm-hmm. But but some of these Shenans, um will will age for decades, oh, and, yes. and and they're actually um, van de garde, as far as I'm concerned. Yep, mm. yep, okay. very much so. They, they, but that's the it's a very small, small sure. volume. Uh, but but you're right. Some of the some of the Chenin Blanc can provide as much um, complexity than than some uh, top Burgundies, for mm. example. You know. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Okay. And, and the cuisine of the area? Yeah, the cuisine. Well, obviously influenced. Um, uh, more west you are, then more influenced uh, by the sea. So a lot of seafoods mm-hmm. yeah, and 
we were mentioning about Muscadet, you go with uh, wonderful oysters uh, from uh, from the Atlantic Sea. There's some wonderful uh, fish on maybe not in the Loire Valley, in the Loire River itself, but all these is little tributaries. Yeah. yeah, so wonderful um, freshwater fish mm. uh, goes well with that. Um, of course, pork. Um, uh, this Loire Valley is very famous for pork with okay. uh, Le Mans uh, being the capital of a of pork in France, eh? so it's where you get the, the rillette de porc. So you got that. Like I said, uh, the fruit basket of France. Um, so a lot of our um, stone fruit carrot, uh, stone fruit uh, um, uh, from coming from this region. Green vegetables, the beans, the peas, the lettuces. Uh, some wonderful asparagus also planted on the on the um, sandy soils of the of um, of the riverbank of the Loire. Strawberries. So it's it's. Um, it's very much, um, uh, very much um, uh, vegetables base kind of a, of region, I think, mm-hmm. and and then the sea, and then also uh, the pork um, and the goat cheese. Sorry, I forgot the famous goat. Sorry, I forgot that the the, mm-hmm. the goat cheese is it's this is a capital. Which, of, of course, uh, matches of beautifully well with Sauvignon Blanc. Mm. That's right. Mm. That's right. Um, mm. w- one thing that I would like to talk about, because we've only mentioned it a couple of times, but Muscadet um, is, is I think, the ultimate oyster wine. Oh, yes. Um, and mm. one of the great aspects of Muscadet is, is the fact that, at least the examples that I've um, had the pleasure to drink, are not too high in alcohol. Mm. You're seeing a lot of Sauvignon Blancs now, especially from this country, also Shannon's all, and Shannon's from the Loire, getting up there in alcohol sometimes. Mm. And mm. sometimes, for my taste, the alcohol levels tend to fight with the foods a little bit. But what I find beautiful about Muscadet, around 12, 12.5%, yes. they, it, it, just, it just goes down like water. Um, and it, it seems to match the briny aspect of oysters really beautifully. Right. Yes, well, yeah. and, and the high alcohols are a, a bit more challenging for breakfast, aren't they? Really? Yeah, they are. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Well, yeah, normally, yeah. normally I will go with a German Riesling. Normally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, okay, that's great. We've moved from Champagne over to Loire. Where would, where would we go next, John, Chris? Well, maybe we should um, go to uh, the Burgundy region. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Because, yes. uh, because um, we're not very far away when you, when you look at Sancerre and, and Chablis, which is, of course, the northern part. Of, uh, of Burgundy uh, we're not talking a hell of a lot of mileage there um, well uh, Burgundy has to be the most sophisticated uh, one region in France it's, uh, it's also the most complex one region in France um, for many reasons and, and we'll, we'll look at that when we, uh, when we go through Burgundy um, again um, a, a sort of a smaller size vineyard for, uh, for France we, we're looking about just under 30,000 hectares of vines um, very much um, two grape varieties and, uh, and that's the beauty about, uh, about Burgundy um, and also the, the challenge for Burgundian producers is uh, if it's white it's mainly well it has to be probably much uh, Chardonnay at 99.9% and we'll see there's a couple of exceptions and then if it's red it's Pinot Noir mm-hmm. But what makes uh, Burgundy so special is, of course, its terroir. What the French call terroir, which is a combination of a, of a soil, of a, of a climate, of a topography, and as well as the human touch. And Burgundy um, has probably a, a big capital T on, on terroir. There's, there's very little uh, one region in, in France, and maybe in the world, who can challenge the terroir of, uh, 
of Burgundy. So we're very much on on clay and and limestone soil. A, a, an amazing combination between the two. A, a fantastic proportion of the two. And depending where you are within this uh, little uh, region, which is a, a thin, narrow strip of vineyard, which is about three hundred. 50 odd kilometers long um, uh, then the style of wine will will uh, will differ I mean, we, we're talking about Chablis at the further north which is very steely uh, mineral um, salty um, seashell like uh, style of wine this is the much uh, rounder juicier more fruity um, of a Puy um, Fuissé for example so and the southern part of a, of a Burgundy region so um it's it's um it's a it's it's a wine which um gain hugely um in complexity with be over time is also uh, very challenging for people to understand it i mean what do you think it's uh, do you, do you, yeah i mean it's a, it's a bit of a minefield isn't it burgundy for most people it is um i mean just like i said with loire and i'll probably say with every region we speak of um Burgundy exemplifies the heights to which um, that which uh, Chardonnay and Pinot Noir mm. can reach um, in in the world of wine. Mm. No one makes better Pinot Noir than they do in Burgundy. No one makes better Chardonnay than they mm. do in Burgundy. Uh, I think a lot of it is um, this sort of mindset. Um, and please correct me if, if you disagree mm. with me, Jean Christophe. But this mindset between um, the new world and and the old world, as exemplified by by France, in 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 France, um, we're dealing with small growers who have over centuries fine tuned what grapes react well to what climate, to what plots of land, the terroir, mm. if you will, whereas. In the new world, um, everything is technological. Um, many of new world countries, such as New Zealand, Australia, America, Argentina, have um, fantastic climates, and you can pretty much grow anything mm. anywhere. Um, so, and a lot of these countries have a lot of money to throw at things, a lot of technology. So, uh, the wines have gotten a, a lot better very quickly, um, but. I think that you still can't compete. We still can't compete with the terroir that France enjoys. Mm. Um, this sense of... And especially Burgundy. And especially Burgundy. Mm. This idea of trial and error over centuries, over millennia, for goodness sakes. Mm. Um, so it's interesting. I, I, I was on a, a wine chat room, if you will. There was a, a Napa Valley uh, Cabernet producer and um, Napa Valley is one of the world's great places to grow Cabernet Sauvignon. Mm. But this guy who makes one of the best in California um, said, well, uh, France just has better places to grow uh, Cabernet Sauvignon than we do mm. in, in general. I mean, mm. there, are, there are patches in Napa and Sonoma, what have you, but it's not as huge and not as fine-tuned. Yeah. It's all been discovered in France, and it hasn't been in the New World. Mm. 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 Um, yeah, just on, on that, actually, that's, you made some very good points there. Um, I always, um, I always um, mention to, uh, to, my, uh, to my guests and, and to my clients that um, in Burgundy, more than anywhere else, I think the, the grapes are ripened by the soil, rather than by the sun 
you know. Um, the, the, the clarity of the light in Burgundy is very different to the clarity elsewhere. And, and it's really the soul who ripens the grapes rather than the sun. And, and obviously, we like here in New Zealand where we've got varietal wines, in Burgundy, they're not making varietal wines. They're making terroir wines. You know, they're making... Um, uh, regional wines, you know, and and uh, and and uh, it's so different. Uh, physically, they are different, you know, and uh, and no one, I don't think, will be able to repeat what Burgundy's got. It's simply impossible yeah. because because it's such a diff- such a, a special place, you know, and uh, yeah. I mean, that, I, I I'll repeat myself from a previous podcast, but this this is one of the. Um, to put on a marketing hat it's one of the great geniuses a ge- oh, yes. genius aspect mm. of France they're not selling the grape they're selling the land you can mm. move a grape varietal very easily mm. but you can't transplant uh, Von Romani um, and um, it, it's amazing uh, I, I, I completely agree um, mm. I'm, I'm possibly as you can imagine not quite as sold on this idea of terroir as is Jean Christophe but um, it does gladden me to see that we see um, in New Zealand, Australia and America especially um, the beginnings of this idea mm. of Appalachians and mm. um, trying to fine tune, you look at the Rutherford bench in Napa um, you look at uh, sub-regions in South Australia uh, you're looking at um, the, the sub-regions in Central Otago now, it's getting mm. very very interesting um, but once again, how, how long has New Zealand been making oh, excellent Pinot right. Noir? Mm. Um, it's going to take time. There, mm. there are going to be vested interests involved with this, as I'm sure there are in France as well, of course. Um, so it's going to take a long time to fine-tune to the level of um, complexity and perhaps ultimate interest to the wine lover that they've done already in France and also in Italy also, I would imagine. Mm. Mm. Yeah, oh, very much so. I mean, we're looking in Burgundy, that's, you know, really we, the monks in the 10th century, 11th century knew already that they had something special there. So, so we're talking long time ago, they have very long time ago. So, you know, it's, uh, it's, and it's trails and trail and errors and, and things will, uh, will, 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 you know, shape up very, uh, very nicely for New Zealand and Australia. And we see that, like you said, I mean, Gimlet Gravel, for example, I mean, that's another yes. example. And, uh, and, uh, and, uh, we know we're starting to know now that the Sierra does extremely well in Oaks Bay. Mm. Well, that's a new phenomenon. I mean, we used to have Merlot Cabernet in, so in, uh, in Chardonnay in, yeah. uh, in, in, in Oaks Bay. So, mm. so that's, uh, you know, that's great. But, but Burgundy is, is very special. It's, um, it's, when you go there, I think you 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 feel that you in a in a place you know where where vines has been there for ages and and uh, and you can feel it. And I think when you get a very good Burgundy, then it's pretty hard to beat, really. Mm. Mm. Okay. So that's uh, that's pretty much uh, that's pretty much uh, Burgundy in a, in a nutshell, I think. And uh, and and I think uh, for people to um, to um, well to listen to uh, to our next. Um, Podcast, then uh, you know there there be some great stuff to um, to say to, about Burgundy. To dig, dig down into, mm. Mm, fantastic. Um, so where to next? Well, we might as well go a little bit further south, and uh, and we might uh, from Burgundy we might go down to um, pass the, the third largest city of France and go into the northern Rhone, mm-hmm. or shall I say, the Rhone Valley, and then we might we might talk about the northern Rhone versus the, the southern Rhone, maybe. Mm-hmm. So. Um, 
so um, we're going south. So obviously the, the climate starts to change. As soon as you pass Lyon, this is pretty much considered the, the start of the south of France. So the climate is, uh, is a little bit more Mediterranean. Even, even if the northern Rhone is, uh, is, is still got a, a kind of a continental climate, but uh, it certainly has some of this Mediterranean influence. So uh, the Rhone Valley clearly divided in two parts. You got the northern part, which, like I said, starts in uh, just south of Lyon and finishes just uh, north of Valence. And then there's a, a kind of a break. Uh, there's very little uh, vines growing for about 150K. There's only a, a very small vineyard uh, slightly west uh, sorry, sorry, slightly east, uh, called Claret de Dix, which is very specialized in, uh, in, uh, in sparkling wine. And then, and then, uh, just around the town of Montélimar, the capital of, uh, of Anuga, we got the southern part of the Rhone Valley, where here is, uh, is, is very different. The climate is different. We, uh, we're talking really Mediterranean. We're talking Haute Provence. So, uh, a very different kind of, uh, of, of style of wine and, and different, um, terroir as well. So if, if we will, um, we're going back to the Northern Rhone very briefly. Again, a very, very thin strip of vineyard. This is a very small, uh, um, very small vineyard. I think it's barely 5,000 hectares. I think it's, it's a bit less than that, in fact. Um, and this is the big names like, um, Hermitage, Cotroti, Cornas, where, Shiraz is, is the king, of course, as a red grape variety. And then we got uh, Marsan, Roussan, and the famous Vionnier to make uh, Condrieux. So um, very, very steep hills uh, overlooking the, the Rhone River. Um, very hard soil to, um, to work with, uh, mainly granite and, uh, and, um, and a little bit of, uh, of limestone there as well, as well as a little bit of a bluestone, so volcanic soils. Um, they, um, they got to um, be extremely uh, dedicated to grow grapes here because it's very, very tough. But the wines have, uh, have this wonderful um, elegance about them, complexity. Um, they, are, uh, they are not showing showing off wine style of wine yeah, they're not showing off they're not uh, they're not show wines they they are more wine for connoisseurs i think yeah i mean you you had a lot of experience with uh, with the northern road wines yeah um i mean i i agree with you they've got this in, intense minerality to them mm. which is spectacular uh i mean it's the, they're the essence of syrah uh, when you say they're not show wines I think um, one of the interesting aspects of the Northern Rhone for me is this sort of, I don't know if it's a battle, but this, uh, the dichotomy of the traditionalists and then those that are making more modern international wine. Oh, yeah. And I'm so you always get that everywhere, yeah. Immediately thinking of Guy Gall, the man mm. who's turned mm. Cote Roti around, mm. um, and he's a person that keeps his uh, Syrah in new French oak for three years, mm. I think, or 42, mm. 42 months. 42 months. 42 months. Um, and these are absolutely flashy wines, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, but there's always, you yeah. always have that in every region. Uh, you know, if you, if you want to generalize, and I come from this region, so I'm quite, I'm quite, I'm quite close to it. But in general, I think they are, they are more kind of a, grown-up wines yeah because the soil is so like you say so full of minerality and the wine's got like this 
this is the southern road where the clay is a lot deeper, a lot richer. Yeah. We've got very little limestone, and it's more like a, the valley, so it's more kind of a riverbed um, as well as this clay. I think the wines there are more generous, are warmer, richer, more hot blood going through the veins. You don't get that hot blood uh, in the northern Rhone. No. And then we got Grenache, of course, in the south, which which have this uh, which has this uh, this natural generosity, uh, this natural plumminess and spiciness, even uh, um, and, uh, a little bit, uh, especially if it's mixed with Syrah. But they they are more they are more. Um, they are more kind of a teddy bear like wines in the northern road they're not aren't they they're more they're a lot more they're a lot harder they're more challenging in the south they are not challenging really well, no, in general, yeah, in general, I, in ge- I, I mean, generally. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think Grenache is a wine, is a grape that doesn't express itself until it probably hits fourteen percent or more. Yeah, um, yeah. Whereas Syrah is probably quite happy at twelve and a half. Yes, that's right. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. with global warming, it's it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. Um, mm. uh, the Northern Rhones, they are becoming riper than they were twenty, thirty years ago. Yep. Yep. And uh, I mean, there are exceptions, of course. You look at the nineteen nineties, which are pretty mm. stunning mm. um but in the southern Rhone, if things i think things are a, a little bit of a challenge for them sometimes yeah. and we're looking at yeah. wines at 16 17 percent and um occasionally they handle them well but yeah. sometimes i i, I, I oh, just yeah. don't know what to make of them sometimes mm. yeah but, so you, you're, you're talking about specific varietals but are there blends in the Rhone? Region? yeah that's a very good point actually that's a, a very good in the south it's very much all blended, okay? So we're talking Grenache, Syrah, Mourverdre, mm-hmm. uh, some saint uh, some places. So that's main, the main, main grapes, red grapes, shall I say. In white in the south, then you will get Marsan, Roussan, but also, um, and that's why I think we're seeing more and more uh, with global warming is more of a claret who managed to get a, a wonderful freshness, uh, bourboulinc, um, that kind of pig pool, uh, so that's white gravity. So very much in the south is blended. In the north, it's Syrah. If it's red, it's Syrah. Syrah nearly at 100%. We can mix it or blend it sometimes with a little bit of Viognier, but, but uh, I found it less and less, to be honest, uh, with my producers. Um, and then the white is Marsan, Roussan, and, uh, and, and for Condrieux, Viognier, 100%. So more blend in the south mm. than less blend in the, in the north. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. I think and as, a, as a result, um, the, the south probably has a wider range of styles, You'll have the very yeah. almost 100% Grenache wines, mm. exemplified by Rayas. Yeah. Um, but then you'll have wines that are much more tilted towards Mouvedre or, or Syrah. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking immediately Beaucastel there, which is yeah. a very Mouvedre sort of personality wine. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But they are definitely blended. Mainly, uh, in general, they are, they are blended wine in the, in the south. Sure. Yeah. So, so the big difference is, is the climate in the south is more Mediterranean. So you're expecting wine with um, some generosity, some warmth, some, uh, you know, they like dancing, singing, you know, that the type of wine. You know, they, they, they're not scared to be loud. Mm-hmm. And they are loud, let's face it. And then you got the, the northern road, which are wine which are more 
on the back foot a lot tighter uh, a lot more challenging um, one which uh, tend to judge you uh, before you got time to judge them they, you know they, it's very different it's a very different uh, and yet uh, there's not many kilometers separating them but right. uh, but they are very different wines right okay that's really um, in a nutshell again and uh, just continuing on, what, uh, what, where would we come to next? Well, then if we go even a little bit further south and more towards the west, then we'll go into the Languedoc-Roussillon. Mm-hmm. Uh, by long shot, the largest one region in France. Um, we're looking at over 300,000 hectares of vine, so it's pretty big. It starts um, probably around the town of uh, Beaucaire, Tarascon, and then he goes so, so Montpellier, if you want to make it a bit simplified, and then he goes right down to... Uh, to the little village of uh, of Banyul, so that's uh, the last stop before uh, before Spain. So again, very Mediterranean climate, better suited really for for reds. Uh, again, reds who can really handle that heat, that that dryness, that the wind, the winds, because uh, it's windy there as well. We forgot to mention the Mistral in the southern Rhone, but uh, here we got kind of a tramontane. It's, it's, it's very windy part. So. Again, a, a wine with a lot of generosity, a lot of uh, spiciness, um, um, a lot of uh, dry herbs characters, which is so classic of that uh, south of France. And what varietals would are we talking? And again, we're, we're looking again at the same varietals that you will find in the south of France, with maybe a little bit more Carignan, uh, which is a little bit of a, a native of, uh, of that region. So again, the Grenache, the Syrah, the Carignan, uh, there's a little bit of so there, but we'll also start to see the, the Cabernet Sauvignon uh, in, the, in the wonderful terrace du Larzac, which has some wonderful producers make some very good Cabernet Sauvignon. So um, uh, we mainly red, really. Mm. Uh, they are blended mm-hmm. again, with few exceptions again, but uh, they are blended reds. And then the whites, well, the white we, we struggle a little bit because it's very hot, so we got to be very careful. The whites can can uh, it's mainly Grenache blanc. They can get uh, very fatty, very rich, very cloying, um, very thick uh, texture wine, very high in alcohol. Uh, they, they're changing now. We're putting a little bit more of a. Uh, they, they're starting to put more of a, you know, pick pool, claret, uh, that kind of thing. But it's much. It's I think to resume a little bit. It's 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 more. It's better suited for reds. Than white, really. What do you think? Well, I, I agree. I, I, please correct me if I'm wrong. Mm. One of the things that I find really exciting about this area is that um, the Appalach- Appalachian rules are maybe not quite as limiting as they are in um, in Hermitage, for instance, mm. or Saint Joseph. Mm. Um, and a- as a result, you're seeing a bit more experimentation. And I think over the past generation or two, um, with uh, perhaps um, the New World um, experience of, uh, well, New Zealand with its stainless steel, temperature control, mm. all this kind of stuff, um, I think people are throwing money and experimenting which is, of course, a great region because you're in a, in a region which gets this heat. It can, it can ripen anything. Oh, yeah. Um, so maybe 20, 30 years ago, the Languedoc-Roussillon was considered a sea of... Um, table wine. Table wine. Mm. Now, now we're getting some very, very serious wines coming mm. out of there. Um, I mean, they're, they're on the rustic side. Um, they're on the chunky side. But, but occasionally, you'll get these wines that I think are world beaters. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's and and uh, and the pricing is is good as well because there's a little bit of volume there, yeah. but um, no, it's a uh, it's it's a region to to watch um, closely. I think that they they got good potential and like Mark said, there's some uh, some new generation coming. I just I just went again a few months or a couple of months ago and uh, and I went to see some top producers and I thought, oh wow, this is uh, you know cooler climate. Uh, cooler climate part of a, of a long dock Roussillon, uh, so quite high in altitude. Right. We have a little bit of limestone. We, we're really at the foothills of a, of a, of a sevens and, uh, and, you know, we, we have 380, 400 meters, so a lot cooler climate and we start to see some pretty amazing stuff there. I mean, I was mentioning, um, uh, near Montpellier, the Terrasse du Larzac, near Anyan and, uh, there's a couple of producers there. They, they, you know, they can be, they can challenge some of the Northern Rhone uh, wines um, yeah, pretty great. nicely. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, I, it's I interesting because so. it's probably it's probably the region for me that mm. I would have heard the least about. Yes, and yet it's the largest. Yes. Mm. But like like Mark said, it, you know, only 30 years ago, and maybe even less than I, I, uh, 30, because I, I've been here for 25. So 30 years ago, it was where all our, um, you know. Um, um, table wines used to come from really. right. now they, they, it's too too expensive so they come from um, Italy or Spain but uh, um, yeah it was more it was more not quality wine it's more it was more volume wine so mm. yeah it's uh, but you, you know that's changing we learned that and we will learn about it and I think it's um, yeah it's a good region to start it's a good introduction to French wine as well, I think, because yeah. they got a little bit of this um, gen- generosity, and uh, they're not, uh, they're not too. Some of them are not too challenging, mm. for, uh, and good pricing. Yeah, mm. I mean, I look forward to uh, when we go into this region in more depth, mm. because um, I can't wait to hear Jean Christophe speak about this. Because for me, uh, as as a wine lover, that is always looking for a bargain, um, and this is a man that has a lot of Chave Hermitage in his cellar, which is not a bargain wine. Um, I am looking for wines that that have a sense of world class about them, something that's a sense of transparency, a, a sense of speaking of its place. Yeah. Um, and um, I think the Languedoc has that. You're, you're getting a sense of almost new world experimentation from my perspective, which I, which I think is really great, coming yeah. from basically the, uh, the birthplace of fine wine. Mm, that's a very good point, actually. That's a very good way of saying it, that, uh, that this region has been, like we said, for so many years, uh, and centuries maybe even, of years, shall I say, uh, the, 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 uh, this table wine, and there was no notion of... of, uh, of, of um, Provenance of uh, of uh, of terroir, yeah. and now we're starting to see more and more of that. So, so it's it can only grow um, even bigger than that. So, yeah, yeah I think um, I think we'll see some interesting interesting because it sounds quite unique for France then, for a French region to be going through this the process that it's going yeah, through. Yeah, well, you, you get that a little bit in... Uh, I mean, don't forget that the monks, because they are the monks who, who you know, we got to uh, remember that the Roman, that's where they set, they set up, you know, around the, around the town of Narbonne, who used to be a big, uh, a big um, uh, Roman settlement, and this is these guys who brought the, uh, the vines there. Uh, you know, we, we had that, and then we let it go because, because the sun was... was 
helping the viticulture. So we went for big volume stuff, and now we're going back to uh, to much smaller uh, domains and and uh, and more terroir like stuff. So uh, it's uh, and we see that elsewhere. I was thinking of Jura, for example. Mm. That's uh, another Renaissance. Grab um, a region which uh, we can talk about that as well. Um, Jura is another one, and, and it to some extent the Loire as well. You know, we mm. um, it was uh, it was more volume at one stage, and now we're coming back to that. So yeah, yeah. They, they've been reacted. They have reacted, I think, to the threat of a, of a new world. I think, and they yeah. say, well, we can't sit too much on our laurels here. That's we right. We got to um, do better. Um, so what particularly excited me. Here, listening to Jean-Christophe speak was when you were meeting some of your new producers mm. going up to 300 meters, what have you. Um, I think that's fantastic. These these vignerons are trying to find the places that are going to um, ripen the grapes, but in a way that's going to make them struggle, a, a way that's going to allow the fruit to express uh, a terroir that's interesting, not just uh, hot, live-flying mm. mm. uh, Yes, that's right. Concord grapes, whatever. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So that's mm. a, that was an exciting uh, region to uh, mm. we we can look at that uh, later on. Yeah, very good. Yeah, and we might be moving to our last region now, I believe. Uh, we well, well, the most last famous major one. region. Yeah, my last major region, uh, of course, and and the most famous one, which is of course uh, Bordeaux. Um, this uh, probably the, the the largest fine wine region in the, in the world. Um, very famous. Uh, probably thanks to the English um, and it's a very hard thing for a Frenchman to say so of course <laughs> it does hurt a little bit but uh, now thanks to this uh, amazing association that uh, Bordeaux had with, uh, uh, with the English um, it belonged to the English for, for a long time and uh, and um, and I think um, English had always a, an amazing association an amazing connection with uh, with Bordeaux since you know since the 12th century when uh, when he became English um, and um, obviously uh, a wonderful terroir uh, uh, a wonderful uh, place for viticulture we're very close to the Atlantic Sea but uh, uh, well protected by um, by for pine forests so it's it makes it like a little screen so you got the influence but you haven't got it full on in your face you know it's it's protected a bit you got these wonderful gravels uh, uh so the riverbed which uh, which were um left there by the garonne and and the and the, and the dordogne rivers so um a, a mosaic of uh, of of subregion uh, and when we say mosaic of of subregion means also a mosaic of different kind of terroir um obviously uh, bordeaux has also all the marketing um tools behind behind it who makes it who make it the, the most famous um wine region in the world but uh, but we're coming back i think uh, with time again we're coming back to a, a much more um true region like it used to be maybe a few you know a few centuries ago so white of course uh famous um dry whites uh, made uh, with uh, semillon and sauvignon with a little bit of muscadel uh, not to be um mis misplaced or mis how do you say mistaken, mis mistaken for, for um, muscadet mm -hmm. and nothing will like muscat either um so that's mainly for the for the still white but also very famous for sweet wine 
from the same grapes. We have a famous Sauterne and, uh, and to name, the, the, to name the most famous one. And then, uh, and then the reds is, of course, uh, the blend of Cabernet Sauvignon Merlot or Merlot Cabernet Sauvignon with a little bit of, uh, Malbec, a little bit of Petit Verdot, just to name the most famous one. So, um, in a nutshell, a, a, a very, um, kind of a sophisticated, uh, kind of wines. Um, uh, I tend to see them as a, as um, wine which um, are done for the cellar, are made for the cellar. Would you agree, Mark? Yeah. yeah. I yeah. started the year with the 82 Mouton Rothschild, Rothschild yeah. um, on the 6th of January. Um, put it in my nose and I knew it, it's a scream for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's very, it's got a very big. Um, um, sense of location, isn't it? When you when you dip your nose into a bottle of a, of Medoc, you know, yeah. like you say, Poyac or Saint Estep, you know where you are, really, don't you? Yes, I, I mean, yeah. of course, unless you don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> blind tasting yeah. it all. Yeah, but it was one of my proud moments. Um, mm. I put it in my nose; it was blind, and I said, "This is this is a Poyac." Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, well yeah. Okay. So we, yeah, we can uh, we can look forward to um, some uh, some you know, and, and so many so many little subregions uh, producing different style of wine, and uh, but um, but yeah, it's it's Bordeaux. You can't you can't really miss Bordeaux, really. I think. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I mean it's 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 once again it's the it, it's the ultimate heights to which Cabernet Sauvignon and especially Merlot mm. can attain. Mm. Um, I think, um, especially in Napa, but you know we're seeing it occasionally in New Zealand. Um, we're getting some Cabernet dominant wines that are pretty good. Yeah, um, but in terms of Merlot, I, I don't think we have anything that can approach. Um, mm. Mm. Yeah, that's a, a, very a good great Pomerol or yeah. Saint-Emilion mm. in yeah, stature. Yes, mm. mm. there's one thing we didn't do on the on the um, on this little overview thing is uh, which you did on the first one is about the gastronomy, and I think I think uh, Bordeaux um, is very big on gastronomy. Of course, lamb being the you know probably the the main um, and duck, of course, duck confit. Maybe a little bit more towards the west, but, but, uh, towards the east. But, but still, uh, you still a lot. Of, uh, there's still a lot of duck and and uh, and lamb. So, um, so Bordeaux is very much. And of course, proximity of uh, of the Atlantic Sea, proximity of the Bassin d'Arcachon, which is a little bit of a uh, oyster um, farm. You know, um, well, yeah, it's very big oyster people there in in Bassin d'Arcachon. So the white are, are matching this uh, seafood quite nicely as well. Um, and the meat and uh, and and the meat so that's uh, that's very much uh, Bordeaux but we mm. didn't do for uh, we didn't do the gastronomy for the other region did we not no. in the overview no, no but we will do no, when we'll we do, do that the, when yeah, we do the deep dive idea. into the uh, yeah. yeah and yeah. we haven't spoken about Alsace yet have we <gasps> no yeah, well that was the next one you see we yeah. have we have um, arbitrarily that, decided on what the major well that, no, are, but, but you can't you, you have no you got to do that you have to do that you have to do that and not do Provence. No, well, Provence is is the southern Rhone, really. Um, okay. We we Provence uh, Provence is uh, is uh, is a little region, really, more towards the east, and that's that's probably something we could touch when we talk about Jura and when we talk, you know, mm -hmm. the m a more smaller one. Or if we're dialing to the southern Rhone, because it seems. Oh, like the southern Rhone, yeah, can touch. It, yeah, like Bandols. Um, yeah, that's right. You know, they're very. I mean, they're great wines. I yes, think. And, yeah. Um, 
Okay. But yeah. in your mind, Alsace Oh, Alsace is, is huge. Name. Yeah, I yep. would agree with that. Well, I mean, you know, once again, like pr- probably the world, and I, I, I love German w- wine, mm. but I, I, I'd have to say the greatest Riesling's probably um, the Close Saint Hume, mm. the Hummelbach, mm. mm. made in the world, and um, the greatest Gewurzes are yeah. without question coming out of France. Without yeah. question. Yeah, there's not many people who can who no. can compete with that, really. No. Um, so, so Alsace. While well, talking about Alsace, mm. I mean, we got to um, to mention this wonderful, um, wonderful region um, situated really um, slight, slightly dissented. Uh, so we're really talking north uh, east of France. So it's, uh, it's it's very unique um, when you go to visit Alsace. You you know that you're in a in a very different place. There's no other region in France who looks like Alsace. You know. Up absolutely nothing who looks like Alsace. It's very, very unique. Uh, of course, it's its connection uh, and its a proximi- proximity of, uh, of Germany, so it's got a little bit of a German, it's got a little bit of France, it's got a little bit of a Lorraine, it's, uh, it's a, a little bit of a, a mixed spot, but, but when you're in Alsace, you can only be in Alsace. And, uh, and it's a little bit in your face, really, isn't it? Everything in Alsace is a little bit in your face. The architecture is very different. The, the food they're eating there is, is different. The, the people of Alsace is, is different. They are different, you know. And not surprisingly, their wines are different. You know, this is, uh, they are, they are very generous, very, um, forward, very fruity, um, style of wine. They, um, but at the same time, they got a terroir which can be expressed uh, in a very, very sophisticated way. So, uh, the climate—we're talking some of a, one of the driest uh, one region in uh, in in Europe or in France at least. Um, very sunny. It's one of the sunniest as well. Um, and fantastic for aromatic wine. So all the wines you will get in Alsace are, are 90% um, white wines, and white wines you can handle uh, this this wonderful long uh, ripening uh, process, or needs that long ripening process. And, and we're talking Pinot Gris, Gewürztraminer, mm-hmm. Riesling, Muscat, Sylvaner. To, to name the, the most famous one. And the other 10%, the little 10% uh, uh, beside all this white is Pinot Noir. Okay. So that's why you can expect from, uh, from Alsace. But, but when you try a wine from Alsace again, you know that you are in Alsace. Yeah. Uh, and uh, what's interesting and perhaps unique in all of France in terms of the Appalachians mm. is that these wines are named after the grape variety so, in a way, the, the easiest for people that are new to uh, European wines right. coming in, mm. okay. a, 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 Riesling, a Riesling is going to be called a Riesling, a Riesling. on the bottle. Mm. Mm. Um, I, I mentioned the Trimbach, Clos saint It's one of the great, possibly the greatest vineyard um, mm. in Riesling. Um, uh, and uh, and yet, uh, whilst they'll they'll put the name of the the vineyard on the bottle, it's still labeled a Riesling. Oh yes, um, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I think that so makes it a little bit easier to come to grips with. What's not quite so easy to come to grips with is the sweetness levels yes. of these wines. And mm. I mean, I think that's an issue that you're having. Um, uh, certainly in New Zealand with uh, Rieslings and with uh, Pinot Gris, um, you don't know when you buy a bottle is it what the residual sugar is going to be on these mm. things. And mm. that can be tricky if you want to match it with food. Mm. Yeah, yeah. 
Mm. So that's quite that's quite um, that's quite an interesting region too. Mm. Mm. But mainly white, aren't they? Yeah. Let's face it, we you know this is very much a white and aromatic whites even even more so to mention there. Well, thanks, gentlemen. I think we've had a quick trip around uh, what is a uh, large topic. Yes. Um, but um, we are really look forward to drilling down on all of these regions into more mm. detail and finding out uh, some more of the stories and what actually is going on there and um, some more, more detail about the different varietals. And, um, mm. and what, what to drink them with. And yes, and yes, and most importantly, what to drink them with. Because it's important; they're made to be um, to be matched with food, don't mm. they? Mm. Most of them, most of the region will be uh, will be produced to match with food. Fantastic, so important. Thank you. Very Thanks much. for that. Thank we'll you. look forward to next time. Yes, thank Great. you. Thank you. We've just been chatting with Jean Christophe Poisard and Mark today in our journey around France and looking at the different wine regions. Check us out online at podcast.nz and while you're there, maybe have a download of some of the other great podcasts to listen to. Thanks for listening in. Hey, Konomai, bye for now.